to talk about the five stages of grief. We can't really talk about one without talking about the other. So I want to, we'll try to focus on one, but again, you can you can't focus on one without the others. Uh, we'll begin with denial. I think every parent, um, anyone that experiences a loss, a great loss, goes through that or deal with that, especially um, when it comes to um, a death of a of, of your loved one. Denial is that stage that initially begins to try to help you survive it, but then again, it doesn't make sense and life begins not to make any sense. And everything is so overwhelming at that time and you go numb. And I think that the fact that you do go numb and your mind just kind of goes blank, like you just, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? You can't feel because at this moment or at that moment, you're being told or you've witnessed the loss of your son or daughter. And again, this can go with any any loss, uh, specifically for tonight, um, for, for parents and lose, losing their children. And because you're in a state of shock, um, life as you knew it is over. Like it's, it's gone. Um, we feel like a mistake has been made. And I, I remember just sitting there and you just, you're just there. You're just there. You don't know. <clears throat> you can't feel. Um, and you can't believe it. And for many parents, myself included, it doesn't become real until the day you have to go into kind of um, what they call it, the day before the funeral, to look at everything, uh, look at your child, and make sure everything is satisfactory. And then, of course, you still have another hurdle, which is the actual funeral. And even then, um, a different type of reality kind of sets in. And I remember just kind of sitting there uh, trying to figure it out, hoping and praying that it was all a dream. And that denial stage, you're not actually living in a reality. You're living in a preferred reality, if that makes sense. Um, denial and shock kind of goes hand in hand because they kind of, in a way, help you cope and survive that grief event. And instead of becoming completely overwhelmed with the grief, you deny it. Like you, you, you don't accept it. You kind of stagger into the full impact um, at one time. And, and a doctor stated that you think of it as your body's natural defense mechanism saying, Hey, there's only so much I can handle at once. And then people 
would throw that that scripture at you that the Lord won't put more on you than you can bear. And we can save that for another time. I won't go into that one tonight, but it is kind of the same. And at this point, at that point, uh, those feelings that you were suppressing starts to surface, right? You're, you're still, you're still trying to understand is this real? Like, are you for real? And you look at a picture and you're, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, it's real. And like, even now for myself, I can look at, look at my son's picture and, and just in that moment, uh, I get overwhelmed, uh, overwhelming feeling. And I, my eyes are water. And because you know, it's just, it, you're telling me that this is real. I'm seeing that this is real. Like I only have this picture left. I only have my memories left and I'm still hurting. Like I'm, I'm hurting. Um, and then even then you go from denial to anger, even in your actual reality, um, you understand, you, you feel like life isn't fair. And I remember saying so many times, you know, I've done so much in my life. I can name reasons why I shouldn't be here. I can give you any, I can give you reasons, um, reasonable reasons why I shouldn't be here. Yet my son was gone. And so the anger that I had and that you experienced is real and it's okay. It's okay. Even, even then, um, you, you, you find it in, incomprehensible of how something like this could happen to your son or your daughter or, or to even you, you know, um, and, and then whatever faith you have, whatever faith you have comes into question because now you, you begin to question God and that's okay. Don't let people tell you not to question God. If that's something you have a conviction against, uh, asking and questioning, questioning God, don't do it. He does not, he will not strike you down for questioning him. Okay. That's number one. But we, we begin to ask, where was God? Where is God now? Why did he allow it? Why did he allow that to happen? Um, why did he choose to leave me here and take my child? When I have, he have more than enough reasons to take me and could have taken me uh, a long time ago and wait till I get to this far in my life. And now my son or my daughter is gone. And, and there's an anger that comes with that. And again, I, I, I thank God. And I, at this point, because I am at a different place with this, I can say this for myself. It's not the truth for everybody. I can say that 
my anger at God in those moments and at that time, um, it helped me eventually. Um, because I, I, you know, I felt like I had a relationship with God. I got, I really did. You know, he knew me, I knew him, you know, I grew up in the church or whatever. And, um, thinking about all the things that I have done and all the reasons why I deserved to be dead a long time ago, I feel like he and I was cool. So when my son died, I I remember after after we had his funeral, um, I I asked God, you know, you have so much and why? And and I said it with anger because I was angry. I was angry, but I had zero understanding. And and again, I thank God for being so understanding. I thank him for being understanding. And um, we, again, like I said before in another podcast, he, we don't take him by surprise. That That event didn't take him by surprise. So he wasn't shocked. Um, and, and again, even in your anger, it's in, it's important to truly feel the anger. You may not understand it now, especially if you're early on bereaved and you're still grieving. It's, it, it's good to feel it. it. It will, you will understand it later. Um, even though you may seem like you're in an endless cycle of anger, it it will eventually disappear, kind of, you know, uh, go, go away. But the more you truly feel the anger, the more quickly it will, it will leave. And um, I don't recommend anyone to suppress your feelings, especially your anger. If you're angry, express your anger. That's a natural response. No one can make you or should make you feel guilty for your feelings. You are a parent who has had to bury your child or children. And at that point, again, we don't take God by surprise. So I think it's okay. He didn't strike me down. I'm still here. If that's reason enough for you to understand what I'm saying. But um it's necessary you will go through every every stage that there is more than once more than once and even when you feel like oh i'm okay or you f- you will even feel like you've accepted it and in the next moment you'll be back angry or even denial. I mean, it, it is there's no uh, certain way this this goes. It's a process. The whole grieving thing is a process that you will experience for the rest of your life. It doesn't go away. Days get easier, but it doesn't go away because the love for your child doesn't go away. Life still happens. You're you're 
playing catch up. You may be playing catch up to life because your your world stopped. And that's okay. You do the best that you can. The main thing is that you feel and you express. You express and you feel every bit of it. There's no right or wrong way of of doing this. It happens. Your feelings are real and they're um and they're a natural response to what you're dealing with. And um I mean I know coming up we're we're taught to control your anger. And and in a way you do want to kind of try your best to control it. Uh you don't want to lash out at people that are genuinely there for you who's not at fault. So you you don't want to push everyone away by because you're angry. But at the same time, as someone who's helping someone, being a friend and supporter, you want to understand those stages of grief that that person is going through and dealing with at that time. You don't want to just automatically, well, they went off on me and all I said was this or I was just sitting there, da, 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 da. It's a natural response and some things we cannot control some things we cannot help it happens and it hurts and and so i can only ask that you understand be more understanding to them to that mother to that father because it's hard and it hurts and if you've never had to bury a child you will never fully understand what we're saying what I'm saying right now but even if you're talking about a loss of a friend or any other loved one you will go through those stages as well so this is not limited to this is just specifically for because that's what this podcast is about so understand that all of us at some point will go through the stages of grief no matter what it is, even in a relationship, just a relationship ending, you will go through the stages of grief. So understanding is is one of the main things. And don't make you don't want to make them feel guilty about what they're feeling. Don't do that. That's that's unfair, because, again, if you haven't been through it, you won't you won't fully understand it. And. So when you're experiencing that anger, you want to um, find a way to release it, you know, um, maybe take a walk or um, if you're feeling that overwhelmed with it, um, go to a gym, work out, do something that will help to relax you or kind of bring you down. Um, to a level to where you're not lashing out at people because it's no one's fault and it's not your fault, right? So you don't want to uh, displace and misplace, displace your anger towards someone that is, especially those that are genuinely trying to be there for you. Um, bargaining is something else. I, I, Man, how many times did I beg God, take me, don't don't take my son, just give my son back. Uh, you can take me. 
And we go through that. You do that. You you you'll do that, and that's easy to do, um, to easy to say. And um, but it's also a false hope, and you'll make yourself believe that you can avoid the grief through that type of negotiation. And um, if you can change, if you change this, I'll change that. You know. And um, that kind of falls on the back of guilt, which is another stage of grief. Um, but it 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 coincides with that, and you end you you will go through that what if, that shoulda coulda woulda, and this wouldn't have happened if I had been here or. This wouldn't have happened if I had a said this, said that, you know. And at the end of the day, you deal with it. You you try to find a way to deal with it. And because at the end, nothing changes what what is, right? It it doesn't change. Your pain is your pain. <clears throat> And those processes that you're starting to go through and that you will continue to go through, even far beyond now, you know, I'm about to reach 11 years and I still deal. I'm just now at a point where just reached a point recently where I was able to let go of the guilt that I that I had. And so, again, there's no time limit on any of it. And I can't say I won't go through that. That won't come back up and that I'll deal with it again. You know, so there's no chronological order of this and for the stages of grief. You will go through them as you go through them several times over. There's no um, time limit or you go through it one time and you don't have to do it again. Yeah, it happened. And and you go you go through them all. Depression. Depression. Um we all go through depression or de- uh, and become depressed at some point in our lives no matter the cause. And um most people associate depression immediately with grief and it um it's a present emotion and it represents that emptiness that we feel and um we're trying to catch up with the reality of what we're what we're in at that moment and you realize that person, your son and your daughter, is gone, and it will set in. Uh, you'll withdraw from life, live in a fog, won't, don't want to get out of bed. The world seems too much and too overwhelming for you to face. And that's okay 
to a degree that if it gets to that point, you want to seek help. Seek out help. Find a therapist. Let's make that um, normal or normal thing to do to seek help Um, because depression can lead to so many different things. And if you're not careful and you don't know yourself, that will cause more harm, so much more harm than what you're already going through. Because then it becomes passed on to those around you, those loved ones that are there for you, those friends that are truly there for you to help you and trying to just walk with you through that, through this. And so uh, depression, it comes, it can set in, you can get through it, you get through it and you think you're okay and you don't want to sink back into that. And I think for myself, I, I, I catch myself because I know myself and you have to know yourself and, and you can get so focused on the grief that you forget about you and who you are and what, what can happen to you and with you. And eventually when you get to a point where you recognize that, because now you, you when you get to that point where you can recognize you in the midst of the grief and the, the hurt that you're feeling, there's no time table to when that'll happen. It'll happen when it happens. But when you know you, and I know me, so I, I'm careful. I try to be careful when I feel the onset of it coming on. You know, you can go through a day and you're like a zombie. Because you don't you don't understand what's happening. You're just going and you're just trying to get through that day or that especially that moment. And so you don't even realize realize at that point that you're even depressed, right? You're just kinda there, but you're not there. And so for me, I I I had to recognize now when I when the onset of it comes, I try my best to be as careful as possible to not let it sit sink in to where you can't get anything out of me. I don't want to um, go out go out through the day, or I don't want to get up out the bed because it's so overwhelming. And so I'm careful. I try my best to be careful as I possibly can. And when I feel like, um, when I know I'm, I'm depressed and it's usually like after about three or four days of it, you know, I, if, if it's not called out by someone around me, I, I'll seek help. Something clicks in me that says call, call a therapist, go to an appointment, you know, and begin to get my fight my way out of it because it's a fight depression in itself is a fight and so we want to be mindful of those around us regardless of what you think they're dealing with regardless of what you think they're they're feeling if you feel like someone you know and love is depressed seek help get them help do the best that you can in in getting them help because 
depression, like I said, can lead to so many other things that anger can creep up with that depression. And you mix anger with depression. You mix anger with depression from of someone, of a parent who has lost their child. And that can be a dangerous thing. And not just for those in their, uh, their, those that are surrounding them, for themselves. Because depression leads to thoughts of suicide. Because again, you go back through those uh, stages of grief, you go back through denial, you go back through um, anger and the bargaining and, and nothing is helping. And you have anger and depression on your back. And you're trying to figure out and understand and nothing, nothing is making sense. Like nothing, nothing begins to make sense for what they are dealing with. So, so you want to be, you want to be careful. You want to be understanding to them and what they're, what they're going through and what they're dealing with in that moment the best you can and and if you know that they are depressed and sinking into a heavy depression seek out help for them find a way to get them out the house find a way to um get someone to come to the house or now with covid uh, video zoom calls work whatever you have to do to help i'm saying help them get through that and because you never know when it'll be you. And this isn't something that you want to go through. I can guarantee you that. And um, so I want to I wanna share uh, what they call the symptoms <clears throat> of grief. And your grief symptoms may present themselves physically, socially, or spiritually. Some of the most common symptoms of grief um, is crying, headaches, difficulty sleeping, um, purpose of questioning the purpose of life, questioning your spiritual belief, feelings of detachment, isolation, uh, any abnormal behavior, worrying, uh, anxiety, frustration, guilt, fatigue, anger, stress, aches and pains. So, and, and again, nothing is in no particular order, right? You, you go through and you deal with them and they come. And the best thing anyone can do is feel and express it. And don't feel guilty about it. It's okay. Last week's podcast, it's okay to not be okay. And until you get to that level of um, the stage of acceptance, and I mean fully accepting the fact, like I said, you'll, you'll one day feel like you're okay with everything and that you've accepted it. And the next moment, next minute, you're back at the beginning. And that's okay because, again, there's no right or wrong way to, to do this thing. It's grief. You lost, you've had to bury your son or your daughter. 
So you need to know that it's okay. If you feel like it's getting so overwhelming and that you're, you can't mentally handle it, physically handle it, seek help. Find a support group. Find a therapist. Support groups don't, they're not designed to fix you. They're designed to mostly put you among people who understand what you are dealing with. We're a community, we're a family, unfortunately brought together by death of our of our loved one, our son, our daughter. So but but you don't want to pass up help that's available to you. Even if you you can go in support groups and not say a word. Even a therapist. I remember when I first went to a therapist, I as soon as I walked through the door, they called me back. And as soon as I walked through the door, I just started crying. I I mean, I was already in tears in the waiting room. But as soon as I walked through that door, they flowed. And for the first 15 minutes, that's all I did was cry. And my therapist, she just sat there and never said a word. When I was ready to talk or say anything, I did. And so, and that happened every time I went to see her. And I was going every week. So there's no shame in in seeking help. There's no shame in going to a support group to be around people that you, when you know that you are not alone, like you can, because you'll go through that where you're angry and you'll get angry at the people around you, mostly because they don't understand what you're dealing with. They don't understand how you feel. They don't know what it feels like. And it's not their fault. You don't understand it at that moment, but it, you're, you're just you looking for an outlet and, and, and that anger, you can't hold it in. So you're expressing it, only you're expressing it towards the wrong, um, wrong people. But they're understanding and they love you enough to take it. So you putting that displaced anger on them. And you don't want to do that. So when you when you come to understand that you did that, seek help. It's okay to not be okay. It's it it hurts, right? It's it's pain and it's so deep and it's everlasting. But we don't grieve as though we have no hope. We go through those stages, we go through those feelings because they're natural. And those emotions are are God-given, right? So there's no shame in it. But you want to seek help, the professional help that you need. You can even journal. Just start writing. Find something to help you in what you're dealing with. You don't want to just, especially if you have to work, of course, those who, who have to work, um, that does help, I think, to for, to some degree. Um, but you don't want to just keep just finding stuff to do to kind of keep your mind busy, to keep you from going, to keep you from crying or keep you from um, 
going to sleep or, or trying to, you know, lay down or whatever it is that you're trying to keep yourself from, you want to seek help if necessary. Because even if you're just trying to find something to keep yourself occupied, eventually those feelings will find a way to come out. And you want to, in the best of your ability, when you can, get ahead of it. If you can, if you can't, that's okay. The time will come when that happens. There's no time limit on any of it. There's no particular right or wrong way to any of this. All of it's a process and all of it, um, none of our journeys will be the same. Now, I, I think for a lot of, lot of parents, we isolate or try to isolate ourselves because I don't want when I'm when I'm feeling down something I don't want to be around people that are up you know are up and full of joy or whatever I don't want to bring them down so I, I try to isolate myself I can only hope if asked that they understand why at that moment just just give me the time I need right now right now I just I don't want to bring nobody else down I don't want to be around um a lot of people at this moment I just I need this time to myself and again you even even if you do that you have to know yourself and know know that if you do um if you are wanting to be alone or by yourself know yourself that you're not going to do no harm to yourself or to, to anyone else. So knowing yourself, knowing what you're capable of, is very important. It's very important. So, um, again, the stages of grief, the last one is acceptance, and I think it's too early for me to go through that one because... Um, so many, I mean, every day our list grows and so many parents out there are, aren't there. And I mean, I don't think you really just fully accept the fact that your son or daughter has died and that they won't be there anymore. I don't think you really fully accept that. I think you really, you kind of just, you kind of go through the motions for a little while, for a long while, and and that's okay too, you know. Um, but I'll I'll save acceptance for another time because at this point, um, even myself, you know, I I say I've accepted it, and I I guess I have, but it doesn't make you miss them any less. So we'll do acceptance another time. But until then, I want to thank you guys for logging in, tuning in, and listening. You can support us by catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on Facebook Live. Follow our page, Life After Child Loss of Parents Grief. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, as well as YouTube. Again, like, share, subscribe. Share this this live video there are parents out there who who needs to hear what is being said 
And again, remember, no matter what it is that you're dealing with, what grief you're dealing with, what kind, um, it's okay to not be okay. And there's no right or wrong way of doing this thing. You do it. You do it. And somehow, through the grace of God, we make it. We make it through. And not everybody has that testimony. Not everyone will have that testimony. But if you want to be a help to someone that you know and you love, be understanding. Understand that they just need you to sit there beside them sometimes. You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to come out with some prolific saying or, you know, you don't, they don't need all that. You don't have to do that. Your being there shows them everything that they need, gives them what they need for that moment to get through. And that's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. So again, you can catch us if you listen to podcasts. We're on all major platform, major platforms, Apple on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Castbox, all listening station uh, podcasts. Um, we're we're on them. We're on them. So again, thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you for your continued support, your prayers, everything that you do to uplift us in these moments in these in these times remember to love each other be there for one another check on one another because you never know when it'll be you i love you guys good night